0: Fourth and final hour, Darren, Donick, and Chase here on ESPN 1025, the game on this Tuesday afternoon. Hope everybody's having a good day to this point. Darren McFarlane, that's me, Willie Donick, alongside Chase McCabe as well. We are live here at Pete and Terry's Tavern next door to Bridgestone Arena. Tonight it's the Predators and the Blackhawks, 7 o'clock puck drop. I'll have pregame for you at 6 and everything heard right here. On one oh two five the game. Let's head over to West End as the fire truck goes right by us downtown. <laughs> and the ambulance. Oh boy. Not sure what's going on, but they uh they were moving right by us. Derek Mason, the fine head football coach at Vanderbilt, is on the
1: line with us. Coach, how you doing? Chase Willie, and Darren doing well. It sounds like sounds like we got a commotion down there. <laughs> I think we do have a little commotion. I'm
0: not sure what's going on, but uh they were just racing right by us as we but brought okay. you to the airwaves um you told us last week you're going to practice to a certain point and then you guys were going to take a break do you feel like you your staff your team came back from that little break and you feel uh refreshed and ready to go
1: uh, yeah i mean th- this group this group needed to uh you know take a couple of days uh man and rest up heal up uh you know mentally uh just just move away from it. Um, I mean, they didn't move too far away from it. You know, you ask these guys to continue to take care of their bodies, eat well, uh, you know, get some rest, you know, get ahead on the studies, and and that's what they did. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm glad to I was glad to see them on Sunday. Uh, you know, when we got back, uh, we had a we had a a, a, a non typical you know Sunday practice that was about you know 60 65 minutes. Uh, you know, generally, I mean, those practices are about you know 30 35 minutes where we go through um, and we recap the game, but we actually you know put on you know shoulder pads and and uh you know some shells and went out and you know got some work done. It was a great uh fundamental day. Um and we got good work done. We were able to to get some competitive periods going and then we came back with a uh a good a good full padded, you know, Tuesday practice today and that was, you know, great. I mean, I thought these guys moved around. Um well, um uh, and we we got back to uh you know understanding, you know, what we have to do. Uh and and now it's just about moving this thing uh, forward uh being one day better uh, off a Tuesday practice to go into a Wednesday because we can't beat ourselves. So South Carolina's the opponent, not us. Let's make sure we get get better, and we did. That's
0: good. Uh, are you able to do team building stuff during the season, or, or no?
1: You know, every every practice is a team building exercise. <laughs> that's, okay. that's sort of the way I see it. Um, you know, we it's an opportunity to get on the grass and you know. Um, Compete against one another, uh, and that and, and that competition, uh, you know, provides two things. It provides learning lessons and, and opportunities for achievement. And with that being said, man, man, if when when guys individually get better, team gets better. And you know, when the team gets better, that's a that's a team building activity for me. So I'm just trying to make sure, man, that we can, uh, you know, continue to talk about, you know, man, what matters for us, uh, you know, man, how we shape it, what the narrative is for how we need to practice terms of standards and expectations and i think uh you know i try to do it in a way where you know guys can grab it and comprehend it so i want these guys to learn how to trust one another and that's always a team building activity uh you know learning how to trust the man next to you so 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 that you can do your job and he can do his
0: i like that answer i I didn't know if if you were going to have like a halloween party and anybody was going to dress up (laughs) any of your players going to dress up as you and have the vest on and dance and you know i just i thought that would be fun
1: well, you know what? I mean, I'm sure they'll do that as well. Uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't mind being heckled. I mean, that, that's part of it. They, they, they tease me all the time. There's, there's enough masonisms to go around. Uh, you know, man, for these guys. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy in a vest or, you know, to see, to see a guy, you know, like in, 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 in a pair, of, you know, pink tennis shoes you know like with a flat ball cap <laughs> talking about you know hey man I look like coach Mason don't I so the, the, these dudes are funny like that so I wouldn't put it past them
0: who's the best at that who who gives it to you the best that even you laugh
1: they Has all anybody do. done that they all do I mean they all the big do guys, wow. yeah yeah from the big guys from the big guys to the little guys you know I mean everybody everybody's busting my chops about something so sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I and that's okay you know I I I want to make sure. I mean, they know and understand that there's a that, that there's a line that they don't cross, um, and, and we always respect one another. But I think with that, you got to be able to have fun with these guys. They walk around sometimes. They'll come in, you know, with their hat, you know, turned a certain way, or, or you know, I mean, uh, the the sweats look a certain way, or they'll they'll belt out one of those masonisms, and I I can't help but laugh because all they're doing is poking <laughs> fun at me. <laughs> I,
2: I have to confess, the uh, the basketball coach when I was there was Eddie Fogler, and the players had a suite. Sweet- and I left a recording. Back then we had the actual answering machine that had the recording there, and I, I left a recording as Coach Fogler, and the office kept calling because they, they were the secretary and the other coaches, they wanted to hear, and they kept calling the number just so they could hear the answering machine. <laughs> that's what so I'm talking I, about. I, uh, yeah, that, but that's all good. But that is what a, a, fun, a good team is, is all about, being able to have good nature riving back and forth.
1: Absolutely, I mean that. That's part of it. That that's that's a locker room experience, you know. Hopefully, you know, like in every sport, but I know, um, in, in this sport, man, you got to be able to have thick skin and 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 really enjoy I mean, your teammates, and and I think that's the experience that you know I'm looking for and I'm trying to provide.
2: So, coach, you had a, an interesting situation where you made the, the you made a switch at quarterback. He gave you a great spark in Mohassan and then he had to leave the game with injury, and he's been dealing with that since. And at the same time, you had, as we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago or, or last week, I guess the the great relief performance by Riley Neal as well. So I, I guess that's what you're dealing with as you get ready for this game on Saturday.
1: It is, uh, you know, I mean, Mo's in protocol and and you know getting better every day. And you know, I man, Riley Riley and Deuce are are, are you know you know been I mean, taking these practice reps and making sure, man, that these 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 opportunities count for them. But uh, look, I I say. I, I just said it to you and I said to my team, hey, you know, individually, man, we all have to grasp, you know, what's in front of us and make sure, man, that we make our reps count. And and as those guys get better, the guys around you will get better. Like I said, if individually you can get better, the team gets better. And, and that's what these guys are doing. I mean, they're not worried about, you know, man, man who's, who's stepping out there. man. mean, they're worried about trying to make sure, man, that these plays, you know, man, can come alive. Because, you know, man, their actions, uh, their attitude – you know always affects outcomes so i want to make sure I mean, that they're going about it the right way and you know man I mean, all they can do is control the controllables and that's and, and that's getting reps right now so let's make sure we do that
2: as you guys self-scouted and, and did an evaluation it, and it really seemed like it had to be a positive thing because you're coming off a game where there were some breakthroughs you guys found some formulas that were working what were a couple other things that maybe you emphasized to your group as to how you Stay consistent with it, and maybe go to the next level when you have a bye week and you have a chance to really sit down and go through some things.
1: Yeah, it's 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 about looking at you know when those things where where you, you you've, you've you've slid a little bit, and I thought we made some corrections, luckily before we got to the bye week, I and mean, that 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 helped us a little bit. But it's about repeatability. It's about you know the idea of being intentional about your work, and I know a lot of times when you hear a lot of buzzwords, but I, I think you know you you have to. These are the same buzzwords that I continue to use because that's what it's about. It is about your actions. It's about attitude affecting outcome. It's about trusting the man next to you. It's about doing your job. And if you can boil it down to those things along with, uh, you know, having fun. What's fun? Fun is, you know, competition or achievement. You know, players are either motivated by one of those two things, okay? They, They love to compete or they love to achieve. So if that's the case, let's grow. There are no when when you're talking about a Tuesday, Wednesday or Thursday practice, you know, there there are no there are no losses. What there are, are learning opportunities. Okay. The losses come on Saturday when when when, when you have guys that, that can't make the adjustments or the change or guys that aren't one take players. And so I'm 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 asking guys right now, hey man, man, we gotta be a one take unit. You gotta be a one take receiver. You gotta be a one take quarterback. You can make a mistake, but you can't make the same mistake twice. You know, and, and that – and that's how you grasp, you know, in mean, the opportunity to get better. That's how, that's that's what we talked about during the bye. That's what we're continuing, you know, I mean, to focus on right now, individual achievement, uh, you know, I mean, collective growth, collaboration, so we can play better.
2: I, I want to ask you about Jared Pinkney because I, as we discussed last week, one of the big plays in the game, he makes a, a key catch on the touchdown drive that wins it. It's it's obvious that he doesn't probably have the numbers that he thought he would have. You guys thought he would have. But we've also talked about him as such a great character guy and leader. So what, how have you discussed things? How has he handled this patch? Because there's still a lot of season left to be played, and I'm sure that, that the best in him is going to come out.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you when you talk about the best in him coming out. You know, it, it's, only, it's only like in the midst of our circumstances where you know, like adversity really gets a, gives you a chance to see who you are. And, you know, like for him, you know, I mean, he's remained quiet. Uh, you know, I man, in terms of, you know, like, not wanting to, you know, I mean, comment on, on, on things that have no, no, no bearing on, on, on what he can do to get better. And I think that's important. Uh, and then, you know, there, there's other parts of his game, uh, that, that needed to get better. He needed to become a better blocker. Okay. I mean, people know that he can catch footballs. He caught enough of them a year ago. But, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't add to maybe, you know, like some, some frustrations at times when you don't get the ball. So for him, you know, I man, he's managed his emotions, I man. He's continued to stay in the hunt and in the fight. And as he's done so, okay, man, what, what I'm starting to see is, you know, I mean, somebody who can truly be depended upon. And that's, and that's what, you know, I mean, guys at the next level look, look for, but that's what we need here. We need young guys to know and understand how do you play without the football? You know, can, can I make my team better? Okay, not, not, not having the ball in my hands and not, you know, like creating is, issues, you know, like for, for, for us when, when things aren't necessarily going my way. And that's what he's done. Uh, and I think his best ball is still in front of him. You know, we got an opportunity this week. And, you know, as he's practicing, uh, you know, I mean, better and better, you know, I mean, what I'm starting to see is that for him, you know, I mean, it's fun. You know, he's having a good time. So we just got to continue to keep the party rolling. So uh, keep playing the music. Let's go.
3: Vanderbilt football coach Derek Mason here with us on Darren Donick and Chase. So it. How difficult is it with the uncertainty with Mo Hassan if he can't go or if he can? That you know he he's on tape now. He was in a game against Missouri. How are you able to make the adjustments for South Carolina? And We know what Will Muschamp can do defensively. How are you able to adjust with him still in the protocol?
1: You know what I mean? It, it's an, it's about you know I mean who we are and, and and how we function. You know, like Mo Hassan may have had one or two plays, man, I mean, that look. Different than like Riley Neal's in terms of what he was asked to do, but the, but the premise of the offense was very very similar. So uh, we, we we don't we don't we don't fully tailor it around the quarterback, man. We tailor it you know like to what we think we need to do uh, like in order to have success, and that's and that's where we're at, man. We're in that pocket where you know man we're formulating you know what we need to do versus what they give us, and and really just trying to make sure man our our, our best players you know touch the ball. I mean we got a lot of weapons on offense. Uh, man, man, we know that we've got to be able to stay on the field and, and manufacture some drives, uh, and, and put points on the board in order, you know, man, to play with this ball club. So, you know, that's, that's where we're at. I mean, it's about, uh, you know, uh, putting these schemes together, making sure, man, that it's, it, that it's player driven, not, not coach driven because coaches don't play. So, uh, in doing so, man, we're, we're going to give this team its best chance to compete in Columbia, uh, you know, where we go to Williams-Rice Stadium and try to play our best ball.
3: Coach, I don't know how much you want to comment on this, but I'll bring it up. The NCAA voting that it looks like it's moving towards the process of allowing uh, athletes the opportunity to benefit from the use of their name, image, and likeness. Um, you know, And this is something that I think has been coming for a while, but just your thoughts on it: if the NCAA does lean this way, that athletes are, are going to be able to, I guess, earn a little money just from their name, image, and likeness.
1: You know what? I, I don't. I don't. I haven't had a chance to really dive into it. uh And again, you know, I mean, that's not me avoiding. I mean, I've just the focus right now on beating South Carolina. You know, I mean, like whatever legislation man they put out there. You know, I, I mean, we follow. I follow. I support. And, and I believe in. I mean, I think the student athlete experience is different now in 2019 than it was in you know, in 1991. You know when I played, so I mean it, it, it's a it's a different experience, and I think what you do is okay. It's always about the now. Um, I mean, there's a lot of you know, I mean, progress being made. You know, like in how we see you know, student athletes where they stand. Uh, you know, I mean, in terms of like what they're doing, the work that gets done, and how we can resource them. So, like for me, I and mean, I'll I'll just continue to follow the legislation, see where it takes us, and and you know uh, when 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 I have a better idea of what's going on and what's happening, I'll be able to comment.
0: Derek, we appreciate the visit as always. Go get them in Columbia, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, thank you. Let's anchor down.
1: All right, that is Derek
0: Mason, Vanderbilt head football coach. We will come back. More of Darren, Donick, and Chase on the other side. ESPN 102.5, the game. Been a busy day here on Darren, Donick, and Chase. We had Mitch Light in the first hour. We did a little shuffling from Athlon Sports. We talked a little college football with him there. We had the Roman Yosi press conference at 11:30. David Poyle. Moved to twelve fifteen this week because of that press conference. So he sat down in Pete and Terry's Tavern with us at twelve fifteen, And then you just heard us go over to West End and talk to Vanderbilt head coach Derek Mason. Um, they're at South Carolina. This is going to be interesting because South Carolina did not look good. You're going to have
2: an angry, desperate yeah. South Carolina game. And Ed Vanderbilt has to be equally
0: desperate. In this game. After watching that game in Knoxville against the Vols, I said, did anybody else sit there and go, how did that South Carolina team go into Athens and beat Georgia? How did it's, it's that remarkable. happen?
2: It's remarkable how, well, it's the same thing you could say about Vanderbilt. How, how does a team beat Missouri – Play, well, with Missouri playing the way they were at the time after losing to UNLV, and then Missouri turns around and looks and awful gets, against
0: Kentucky. Just gets creamed and, again. And
2: Kentucky hadn't looked good a couple no. weeks before that. Like so, they
0: went to Nashville and Lexington and just
2: got mopped. So I, I think it illustrates, though, that you can go through different stages of a season. Well, I guess they didn't get mopped so, here, but they couldn't some score. Some teams they couldn't do, do anything. get better. Some teams do improve. Some teams go through rough patches, come out of it. Some teams don't come out of it. So... Especially at the college age division, I think you can see some spikes. You Missouri
0: has scored twenty-one points in the last two weeks. Twenty-one Unbelievable. points. Unbelievable. They, they have. They're going the wrong way, as I said you,
3: yesterday. You think? <laughs> they they are, and that's been a surprise because right now, if you look at the standings, I mean, we we know it's going to be Georgia or Florida, one and two. They're, they'll be the top two, but. Tennessee, the way they've been playing, they're in position that they could work themselves into the three spot that everybody had, you know, penciled Missouri in for. Obviously a long way to go, but it is crazy to see just how tight and also wide open things are right now in the SEC
0: when it comes to the SEC East. Well, it's not really – I mean, it's a lot – I would say, I don't think this is a limb, but the winner of Georgia-Florida is probably – well on their way to see you in Atlanta.
3: Yeah, and that's what I first week. Of that's what December. I said that, I mean, that they're going to be in one and two in some combination. But, but the what, three what's spots.
0: amazing is the rest is just just turned into a bunch of have-nots. Yeah, basically. And now all the have-nots are going to play each other at the end of the year to
3: see who the best of the have-nots. Right. Are. Right. I mean that's they're essentially all, right, what they're it
0: all is. just they're going to be sitting here playing each other.
3: But let, let's let's say this for a second: What if Tennessee continues on the path that They've kind of been on. They, they beat South Carolina and they do finish third in the SEC East. I mean that that changes I, the I whole be, narrative.
0: I would be completely surprised because who who could have thought that at any point this season, but after the South Carolina win, yeah. and I, they played, you know, it was it certainly wasn't embarrassing down in Tuscaloosa. I mean, it was anything but that. They were a thirty five point underdog and Alabama scored. Yeah. 35 points. So.
3: They were definitely respected. They
0: they definitely have. Things have changed, obviously, how they handled Mississippi State. Right. Is it crazy now to think they could run the table? No, I'm saying when would you have ever thought that at any point in the season until now you're like, okay, I mean, gosh, they they really could run the table. Well, considering
3: a, a month or two ago we were talking about the head coach being fired in year two. But do, you, now?
0: but do you totally trust them? I mean honestly. No, no I don't Would trust you totally them. trust them to run the table? No.
3: I don't trust them as a team because
0: You I, can't trust any of the t- the rest of the teams that no. we're talking, right? The rest of the You can't East. trust Vanderbilt, you can't trust yeah. South Carolina, you can't trust I mean can't, you can't that's, trust that's any what
3: makes
2: them. it really intriguing because Tennessee, Vanderbilt, and Kentucky, none of them have played the others. Right? So no. those games always tell a big part of the story. At least they have the last few years it used to be a you know chalk it up for Tennessee two wins at the end of the season yep without having to really lift a finger in in most of those years but we got a, we got an x-factor here that makes it fun it, and, to, and Tennessee even within their own building is dealing with a very interesting tricky situation at quarterback we have three different guys who could figure in based on health performance you know how would you prioritize the three yeah. you could you could argue for different things and then Vanderbilt's dealing with that very situation with two guys right Right. now.
3: Well, and I think for Tennessee, you really you have two, but the health that is why you have three. I mean, because of Maurer and and the concussions. Otherwise, it would be Maurer and Garantano, and that's the only two that we're talking about. But
2: the other kid, give him credit, came in there and he looked like no slouch, right? He He went in there and said, "Hey, I can can play this game." He did, but it's nice to know that the guys had a little success. If you have to go to him again,
3: to Darren's point, though, I don't trust him. I don't. I don't trust any of these teams. I mean, below Florida and Georgia, Missouri. I mean, they're on a nosedive right now. Tennessee. Who knows? South Carolina. I, I never thought they were very good to begin with, and you know, started off like, oh, okay, maybe. Yeah, and then now defense, they're two and four. Their
0: defense is really good, but it did not. I yeah. mean, it. That's what probably shocked me the most is how you know they gave up forty-one points. No matter what you thought about. South Carolina, they had players, especially like on, like I said, on that, that defensive front. But boy, you wonder what what has happened, what has happened. But it's just, it's crazy. It's that, college football, right? I mean, yeah, that's the I, madness I we you, up for. As we'll talk about this on Thursday, and I get, to, I'll get to bellyache and go, oh, I should have done it this way, and everybody's been like, okay, who cares? Right. I told you. My pick was between Wisconsin and Kansas State in silly underdog picks. Yeah, and I said I I was heavily considering Kansas State at home against Oklahoma. It was like twenty-four points, twenty-three and a half, something like that. And you know, like I said, I didn't make the I didn't make the choice. Or I picked Wisconsin. That was a loser pick. And who in their right mind would have picked Kansas State to upset Oklahoma?
3: Well, you thought about it, so. Um. Well,
0: I mean, that was for a contest, but yeah. I don't, I don't know if I, I truly believed it would happen. I just, th- I was thinking, you know, okay, they're at home, they're okay. Yeah. It's it's worth a shot. I don't know if I'm willing to step out there and say, I'm telling you, I was sitting there thinking about it because I just, I had a feeling the upset was coming. But that's that's college football. But I mean,
3: not only did the upset come, uh, but Kansas State controlled the game. Yes, uh, that's what was so crazy about it. Yes, Oklahoma, they had a you know they they had a surge there at the end, but you never really felt like oh. And okay. How does how does that happen? Well, you gotta. That's where coaching comes in. Have to be ready any given Saturday, and they weren't. That's that's how I looked at it. And
0: now they're done. Yeah. You would think, right? They're yeah. done
3: now. You know, we've seen stranger things happen, but. Ohio State so- shows... I've seen two seasons of Stranger Things. Well, isn't there oh, a third? Three did. seasons, actually. Yeah. I
0: was yeah. going to say, I thought we're in 3 There's three, three seasons, yeah.
3: But Ohio State shows no signs of slowing down. Clemson shows no signs of slowing down. You're going to have Alabama and LSU on a collision course. But would you watch, you guys? That this happens every year. Somebody is going to have that game.
2: Okay, who is it? That, that Wisconsin had a couple weeks ago, right? We're like, what? You know, Illinois, Georgia, Georgia had, had a couple had weeks ago. Georgia and sometimes you find that after a team has has that game, they just weren't that good, right? They end up losing three games. You're like, why did we think these guys, these guys were on the
3: cover of Sports like Illustrated? Like Wisconsin?
2: Could be that right? team. Could be that team. The best candidate could, in my remember mind. Remember Ole Miss and Mississippi State on the cover of Sports one, Illustrated? Uh, one and two. One and yep. two. They both ended up not in the national picture. They both yep. had excellent years relative both, to what. Both moment, ended up but, losing a couple. But they weren't national championship no. kind of stuff, as it turned out. But. There will be also a team like a Clemson or an Ohio State that has a, team, has a game go right down to the wire, and you're like, wait a minute. Where did this come from? Clemson's already had one against North Carolina, right? North Carolina came so close oh, yeah. to winning that game.
3: But if you look at – I'll use LSU and Alabama as examples. They play each other next. So the winner of that game is still undefeated. LSU then is at Ole Miss, Arkansas at home, Texas A&M at home to close out the season.
0: They, they, they run the table.
3: They run the table. The candidate in my mind would be Alabama simply because you can never write off the Iron Bowl. The Iron Bowl is always just a wild card. So if Alabama were to beat LSU and then they get to Auburn, you know who no, or who knows. It's they're on the road, they're at Auburn. It's the Iron Bowl, Auburn at that point probably still has just the two losses, but they're going to try and play
0: spoiler. But isn't it weird like there's teams like Right now, like, Baylor is undefeated. Yeah. Minnesota is undefeated. SMU. And then you go. Wait on down. Yeah. Right. You say those teams, and it's like. Right. Brood, brood, brood. Right. Like, most people are like, they're what? They're undefeated. Just they don't even Wait know, a couple weeks. They, a couple even weeks. Know, they yeah. don't even know about them. And here they sit seven, eight, no. Nobody's even. Nobody's nobody's talking about them.
3: Seth Walder puts out there, according this was an hour ago. According to the All State Playoff Predictor, there is a 22 percent chance that the four playoff teams, in some order, will be Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State. Only a 22 percent chance I'm, that that's wow. what it is.
0: See, I, I would have said higher.
3: Right. So would I. That's the that's that's why I bring it up.
0: Interesting. 22 percent, huh? In yeah. no particular order. No, in Just some order. Those four teams. Wow. Interesting. All right, we'll come back. Or of Darren, Donick, and Chase on the other side of ESPN, 102.5 The Game. Hope everybody's having a good Tuesday. Hey, Winter Classic Celebration Flyaway. Us, ESPN The Game Nashville, is sending one lucky listener and a guest to Dallas with the Winter Classic Celebration Flyaway. Starting Monday, November 4th, listen for the cue to call to call in and qualify for a chance to win the grand prize, which includes round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, a pair of tickets to see Leonard Skinner at the American Airlines Center on New Year's Eve, a pair of tickets to the Hockey Winter Classic, as, of course, the Predators take on the Stars in the Cotton Bowl. That will be on New Year's Day. The winner will be announced on Friday, November 15th. Prizes, Prizes are courtesy of Outback Concerts. For more details, visit the Game Nashville com. That is one heck of a prize. I mean, oh, one man. yeah, that's a heck awesome. of a prize. So, on we'll that there. note, we will. Looking forward to it. Matt DeShane, Philip Forsberg. What are we thinking? Well, Forsberg,
2: uh, it sounded to me from David Poyle that he is out. It, that that you know, he practiced yesterday in the non-contact. So he continues to take steps forward. He's gone from practicing on his own before everybody, yep. to with the team, but not full tilt. And so you can see the steps going. So you heard David Poyle say Thursday or Saturday. And then Matt Duchesne basically said in the locker room, I don't know if you were down there when he said it, Chase. He no, says he's in. He was telling the other media that he he's in tonight. But I think the same theme is out there with both of them. Uh, they're three one-and-one Without Forsberg, and they managed to win in Tampa Bay without Forsberg and Duchesne. So this is a deep team. It's October. I think both of them in the playoffs, they would, they would play, right? They're, they're, they didn't put Forsberg on the injured list, right? Right. Duchesne has been practicing, but I think whatever specifics ail them, I think there is a thought of guys, Let's make sure. I don't want this to be nagging you or aggravated to where we have now two or three more weeks that you go through this. It's October. It's a long long haul. So you heard David Poyle tell us for Duchesne game-time decision. I don't doubt that he's going to want to play, but I do wonder if they did call up Colin Blackwell, so they have another forward. Mm -hmm. They almost had to go through a situation on Saturday down a forward and play seven defensemen because Austin Watson suddenly – Missed the morning skate, got right. ill, fought his way through the game. Hopefully, that's behind him. But uh, you know, I, I think I think you have a different mentality in October than obviously you do in in April here. Yeah, and Anthony Richard
0: played, yeah, and then was sent back to Milwaukee. We talked about that on Monday, and so we'll find out maybe if Colin Blackwell will have a chance to get in there yeah, tonight
3: because he was recalled this morning. Uh, of course, a lot of news coming out about the Predators today uh, with the Roman Yossi signing, but. Lost in the shuffle was Colin Blackwell being recalled, and we've, we've seen him before. He's had a, a stint here, so we'll see, um, you know, if Duchesne is in fact a game-time decision, what that means. But I, I said this to you guys yesterday, with them winning in Tampa, being down 2-1, coming back, forcing overtime, and then winning the game without Forsberg and Duchesne, to me shows you how deep and just how good this team really is.
0: They've strung together some nice little wins here. It's been a good little patch. Yeah. Anaheim shut out of I mean, they beat Anaheim six to one, shut out Minnesota four nothing. The win you just talked about, where they come back late in the third period, win in overtime against the Tampa team, which by the way they've had lots of success against, especially down there. It's amazing. Right. And then uh, an opportunity, a real opportunity, which you you, you don't in this in this league we have learned you can't mark W's and. Losses just simply by looking. I mean that's not how it works. But two very winnable games to close out the month at home, Chicago and Calgary. So I mean yeah. yeah, you have the opportunity to string together five consecutive wins and ten points, Calgary, to close out the month. Remember Calgary was the number one seed in the West last year. Most they, people don't remember that, but they were. They were. And, <laughs> and,
2: and, and because they were, I don't see why. I, I we'll talk more about them on Thursday. But it's interesting that they have not been humming along like no you would think. Um, Chicago tonight is a team where you look at their depth. It is just so different than it has been, you know, as, as few as two seasons ago, uh, they're really fighting through it. Now they did bust out and take it to the LA Kings on, uh, on Sunday. So they're coming in. It's a little bit like Minnesota, right? They were sort of lost in the weeds and really searching for stuff. All of a sudden they play a really good game on Sunday And they'll come in here feeling much, much better about their whole formula. Robin Leonard has played well. His numbers are very good. When he's been in there, Corey Crawford has really been a mystery, has not played well at all. But when Leonard's been in, they've been much, much more effective. He'll be in there tonight. And um, they're coming off a game where Alex DeBrinkett, who is – uh, a critical guy for them, their forty leading goal something scorer. goals. But they, their last leading year. goal
0: scorer has three goals,
2: right? But yeah. DeBrincat scored forty something goals. Goal scoring was not a problem right. for them last year. He and uh, Dylan Strom, who also provided a great secondary score, they had three of the goals together. They combined for the three for three of the goals against the Kings. So that is a lot more how they drew it up. Is there anything? But there's
0: still a shell of the team that won three. Stanley Cups in six years. So yeah, they, I, you look at their roster, and it's like, Ooh. you know,
2: I think their fans optimistically were looking for a, a little bounce back, especially yeah. with adding Leonard. But it, it, right now, it looks they, they still got some work to do for yeah, sure. And I mean, they're you know they're tied to a lot of these players that are getting older, and they benched losing to, a step. they benched Brett Seabrook the yeah. other day to try to shake it up, and it worked. So I don't know if they'll come back with him tonight or not.
0: But which is we'll what? What do you Pretty know crazy. about this coach that took over for Joe Quinville? As we saw Quinville come in and be on the bench with the Panthers?
2: Well, he's a young guy, uh, Jeremy Colladin. It was a very surprise hire last year at the time. It had a lot of eyebrows raised. Mm-hmm. You fire a guy like Joel Quenville and put him in there. I think there it was, it was an adjustment period for the veteran players, who I, I think he's actually younger than a couple of the older guys on the, on the team. Uh, but they've got uh, Mark Crawford, very experienced coach, sort of right alongside him, literally standing right next to him on the bench. Uh, they're trying to evolve and play differently. But I, I I don't know, honestly, this is just from where I said, I don't know if it matters as much who the coach is right now. The more important thing for them is to restock. They've got to draft and develop younger, another wave of young players if they're going to make it and rebound by the time that Taves and Kane are done playing. There's still tons of years left on both of their contracts. Think you know, about it's the guys built around who've...
0: those two guys. They but look at the guys that have come and gone. They were part of, you know, all that oh, yeah. winning that are just well, a lot of them are in Arizona. But, you know, you know, Panarins with the Rangers. I mean, you just man, they had so much talent. Yep. They they, they ran up against the Cap. They had too many good
2: players. Yep. And in you gotta be perfect with your moves to sustain. And this is this is what the predators face in the coming years, right? And you heard David Poyle talk about that very thing with us. The quote was, the Poils are planners, right? And so he said, you would have thought I'd have got a nice night of sleep last night when we knew this thing was done with Yossi, but immediately his thoughts are, all right, what's the next step, and what about the next step as we look a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, how do we keep this thing sustained, the window open as long as possible?
0: We will come back and put a bow on Tuesday's edition of Darren, Donick, and Chase. we do that next. Wrapping things up here on this Tuesday afternoon. Before we weigh in on what we think could happen tonight, as baseball season end? Let's throw out, if you haven't heard, the Titans worked out a couple of quarterbacks today. One we saw late in the season last year with the Redskins. Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson, who, i got to be honest, looked pretty good. Well, I was like, I didn't realize Josh Johnson could kind of play. You're talking about last year against the Titans? Yeah. Not in the workout, necessarily. Well, remember when he was, when he was in there? Yeah, no. no it was not da- the workout. Darren was not I was not like, pri- wait, you were at the workout? I, I, I had to stop myself. Darren no. was not privy to the workout. <laughs> were you catching passes? I was not
2: in the bubble going, wow, look <laughs> at Josh Johnson. Or better yet, run pass patterns. Look at like, him spinning. All right, Josh, no. let me see what you got. I'm going to run my <laughs> button hook, hook and go, <laughs>
3: sluggo route.
0: I will I'll tell you.
3: I would worry about that knee hole.
2: Well, moment. that's what I was supposed <laughs> to tell you guys.
0: So we played, I told you yesterday, we played three games on Sunday. We've never done that because of the rain out on Saturday. And I was, you know, my knees feeling pretty good, feeling pretty frisky. I was moving. You know, I, when we hit, I got to get off the field. And so early, the first couple of games, I realized I was getting off the field pretty quick. I was, like, proud. Then I realized by the third game and yesterday, I was like, maybe I should have slowed my roll just a little bit. Maybe yeah, at my knee it didn't really feel that good. Mm. Like, I, I kind of paid the price. Been, if you I notice, I've been, really been back hobbling in. around today like, oh, maybe I should have slowed down just a bit. Okay. Will the Nationals slow down the Astros? Are the Astros going to be the first team to win a, a home game in the World Series? We're in game six. It's all gone to the visitors. Justin Verlander is trying to do something he's never done before. Win a World Series game. He's zero and five in his career in World Series uh, starts, and his ERA is five point seven three. Six career World Series starts, zero and five, and an almost almost six ERA. In other words, he's not been very good. Am I crazy to think he actually pulls like a David Price and gets all those demons? shoved into a closet and shuts the door, and he comes up with a monster win tonight and the Astros win. Am I crazy to think that?
2: No, I, I don't think you're crazy at all. He's pitched very well. He's pitched probably better, in fairness, in all due respect to David Price, because David Price was awesome in the World Series. But the track record of Verlander, while the World Series has not been good, he's pitched in a lot of postseason games, division series, and LCS, and he's done very well in those games. He's pitching in, in a lot of them, just like David Price has. So I think he's capable. The way you have to beat Verlander is very simple. It's the modern baseball. You've got to hope that you launch a couple home runs. Verlander doesn't give up many hits, but he does give up a lot of home runs. You've got to hope that you hit a couple long ones and Steven Strasberg keeps pitching like he's been pitching. What really worries me for the Nationals is that it's hard for me to see. Where their bats go? That, that would concern me. But <laughs> if you look, though, they've been getting guys on base. They just have not been able to get the big hit. They've had a lot of innings, first and second, one out. First and third, no outs they had the other night. Didn't score. Second and third, two outs. They, they've been getting guys on base. They have not gotten the big hit. But I don't know that realistically against Verlander you're going to have a lot of innings like that. you just got to hit some long balls. What's but impressive. I, here's what worries me, though, for Strasburg. Okay. I can't see him going more than seven innings. Tops, no. he's pitched a lot of games in the postseason. He's not a nine-inning guy to start with. Last game, the Astros fought him off, fought him off. It took everything he had to get through six innings. And then they blew it open, pleasantly surprising for the Nationals. And the bullpen for the Nationals. Ew. If they it, have to throw yeah. innings tonight, no, 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 no. Three innings for the Nationals' bullpen, it's a lot to ask. That's I don't that's know. I, I think it's over. Fernando
0: Rodney and Daniel Hudson, I just...
2: I like the Astros if the game's tight in the last two or three innings.
0: Fernando, pack his bow and arrow. He's 42 (laughs) years old, that guy.
2: Yeah. He's 42. He's been doing it for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, and not as well as he did when he he was 32. He hasn't shot as many bows (laughs) Didn't Didn't he Not as many bows.
3: (laughs) And they're not quite as sharp, the arrows. The the arrows are not very sharp. (laughs) They're a little dull. Yeah. Didn't they show a picture that he played with A.J. Hinch? Yes, on the 2003 Tigers. Yeah. Darren, do you have any memories of the 2003 Tigers? Yeah, Yeah,
2: I do. Good memories? (laughs) Uh, Chase, we are in Detroit. Ask Pete Weber about this story. He was a witness. We got to the Detroit Tigers' opening day. Minnesota Twins. Against the Minnesota Twins, the Detroit Tigers would go on to lose 119 games. But back then, hey, it was opening day. It was optimism. It was cold. Alan Trammell's the manager. Hey, we're all... Um, we go to opening day. AJ Hinch and Fernando Rodney on the squad. Don't remember them playing or anything. Oh. I don't remember much about the game. I remember that the Twins won. Yep. But we're walking back to the hotel because we're with the Predators covering the, this is the where game my against the Red Wings. Right yeah. here, right. We're having a great conversation. Hey, we just went to the ball game. It's opening day. This is fun. And Darren walked into a sign on the side of the street like a, i don't know if it was a stop sign or a lookout for a crosswalk for pedestrians and it it was like the flintstones it was like
0: the reverberation of the sign <laughs> just made the loudest noise oh you laughed you know what i did immediately after that check to make sure my head was still attached <laughs> i he I was decapitated. It, it was amazing he was
2: not concussed well hospitalized who you're saying knows? it could have been, been. I could have been. Let's think about it. that's
0: Oh three, different mentality. Yeah. Today, I think I'm in protocol. Without a doubt, you're question. in the tent. Without a doubt, yeah, we I'm we would put tent. you in the tent. And the tent, the the it gets shut. Like they they zip it up. <laughs> like I, I think I'm in protocol for sure. No bright. Lights. I have never
3: heard this story, but I am glad that <laughs> you've you
0: never heard that. No, oh, oh, I've man. heard.
3: A,
2: let's just thank. I've Fernando heard a lot, lot of Rodney stories. AJ about Hitch. You. Let's yeah. thank
0: Fernando and AJ. If we had the technology today, there's no doubt Pete Weber would have had that on video. There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind. Just that the sound effect you could make money in movies. Yeah, like movies would use that sound effect. We're just talking, and we're going with the crowd. Remember, we're going. With, we, we filed out with everybody, so we're just going with the herd. Yeah, and I and i we're just talking, and I'm looking at. I'm not paying attention. Boom! <laughs> right into the side.
3: Uh, pro ooh. Football Talk has put out Titans not seeking to trade Marcus Mariota as the deadline is about an hour away. And how about this? Pat Forty is leaving Yahoo Sports, Sports for Sports Illustrated. Illustrated.
0: like ooh, who's, who's going to Sports Illustrated? That's Pat Forty. <laughs> Well, I know, but that's weird. I saw that earlier. All right, that's going to do it for us. Everybody have a great rest of your day. Predators and Blackhawks tonight, pregame at 6, puck drop at 7. We will talk to you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Stay tuned. Jared and the GM is next.